0: under us and the nations under our feet he will choose our inheritance for us the excellence of jacob whom he loves god has got an inheritance for us this morning and it's not necessarily this earth his inheritance for us is in the kingdom that's coming and we belong to that kingdom today the moment we put our trust in jesus christ our citizenship was changed Our citizenship immediately changed the moment we put our trust in Jesus Christ and we became citizens of another place of heaven. When our third child, Madeline, was born, she was given a a very unique gift. She was given dual citizenship. She was a citizen of the United States and of Guatemala. My daughter can live freely in either of those two countries. She has dual citizenship. She has all the rights of a Guatemalan citizen and she has all the rights of an American citizen. Very interesting. When she turns 18, because of the laws of this nation, one of those citizenships will go away. She will no longer be a citizen. She has all the rights, though, until then, of... Of what either nation When she's 18 She'll have the rights of only The citizenship of one of those nations When we became Christians We obtained all the rights Of the nation of the kingdom of God And we need to rejoice in that And put our faith and hope Solely in that Now I love Guatemala I really do But when, when she was born there And Shannon and I were, were looking into the future we, we, we knew that at the age of 18 She was going to lose one of those citizenships She has the right to choose If she cho- chooses to become a, a citizen of Guatemala She will no longer be a U.S. citizen She would lose that And we thought now, this is a few years ago. I, I could change my mind in the next five or ten years. But we thought at that time to lose her citizenship in the United States would not be a good thing. That, that the rights afforded in this nation are better than the rights afforded to the citizens of Guatemala. Which citizenship are you choosing? Are you choosing to live in the citizenship of the earth? And all the rights therein are you choosing to live in the citizenship of heaven. And we have that dual citizenship. That's that line that we walk. Sometimes we choose to walk as citizens of this earth. And we live in all of the rights therein. But God's saying, no, no, no. Choose this side. Choose to live as a citizen of heaven. With all the things that I want to give you. And, and boy, the choices are hard because living over here sometimes is, is, is a difficult thing. We have to say no to ungodliness. We have to say no to certain things in the world and say yes to things that God has us. And these, these things over here are by faith. They're by faith. So we're choosing. Choose you this day, the Bible says, whom you will serve. And so that's where I believe God is calling us. And this morning we're going we're gonna to take up an offering. And I believe as we give to the Lord We can we can give from this kingdom Or we can give over here Living in the kingdom of God And what I mean by that is When we give, we give by faith We don't give out of our abundance But we give by faith saying God in your kingdom It says that you are my provider Not my boss Not the government Not anyone else not my own ability to work and my strength or my wisdom to earn money. But you are my provider. So this morning, as, as we give unto God, we're giving as citizens of heaven who say, that says, truly everything I have is yours anyway. I'm going to give you back a portion. I'm going to offer unto you by faith. Can I have the ushers come forward if we have them? There they are right there. Praise the Lord. To be here. We'll let Matthew help on the other side. Come on. You get anyone who sits in the front row gets recruited. I like that rule. I'm going to ask Josh. I'm going to ask him. Would you pray for the offering this morning? Sure. Father, we thank you for your sustenance, for your provision. We thank you, Father, for all that you do give us. We thank you for the opportunity to give back to, to you. A cheerful heart. Mm-hmm. We thank you for your blessings and for all that you do, Father. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I've got a few announcements this morning. Uh, the first one. Let me get my notes made so I don't miss any. And then I'll grab this. The youth. The youth is having an upcoming car wash and yard sale. So if you don't, have, if you have a yard that you don't want, no. You know, a yard sale and a car wash on Labor Day weekend Friday and Saturday September 2nd and 3rd so the youth is now accepting good donations this isn't a time to get rid of your broken old things but if you've got things around your house uh, that, that is in good shape to sell we're going to be taking those if you have anything um, that uh, needs to be picked up there could be arrangements made get together with pa- uh, Pastor Ed and he'll come and get the youth group out there to do it but uh, we, we're uh, raising money specifically to go to Acquire the Fire. And uh, there's a sign out there that says, Normal's not enough. That's the theme for the Acquire the Fire this year that the youth are going to go to. They, they're ramping it up. Brian, I, I think, actually got the opportunity to be to some of the Normal Not Enough uh, last, last year's. Okay. Yeah. This year, Normal's not enough. They're raising up saying, you know what, just being a normal Christian isn't enough they're, they're really pushing To say let's step it up And step over the bar Of just normal Christianity And be radical for Jesus So the youth are going to go there And get changed Which is really good Because my kid's in the youth group And I hope he'll come back changed Amen <laughs> um, So that, that's one of the announcements If you have anything uh, Come and get your car washed There's also We'd love to have some uh, workers Who'd come and help On that yard sale Another thing that we would be able to do It's not in here we have a huge parking lot out here. Is anyone planning on having a yard sale or thinking about having a yard sale? Anyone out there? If you are thinking about having a yard sale but maybe don't have a lot of stuff, but you don't, you don't necessarily want to donate it and that's okay, we can set up a spot out here for your yard sale stuff also. And uh, I think from within the church You know we could just We'd bless you with that But um, you know If we, you want to come out here We could just make a big huge yard sale We'll put it in the newspaper And um, we'll just help you guys We'll get help the youth group But if we had a whole bunch of stuff out here Those more likely people come by So we can do that too If you want to do that con- Connect with us right away That's the first thing Another one Robert Who just helped take your money away And he's probably in the back um, is going on a missions trip. September 2nd, he's going back to Mexico. And this time, Robert is leading the team. He's gone on for many years. I don't know, how many years have you gone? Uh, almost 12 years. Shh. Going to Mexico for 12 years on a short-term trip. He's going this time. It's about an eight-day trip. Then Robert's going to come back to the States, bring the team back, and immediately turn back around to go back down and help the uh, church and the new pastor uh, get established down there. It's starting September 2nd. Here's what's exciting. There's room for two still? Room for two people to go on this missions trip. So if you'd be interested in going on a short-term trip about eight days long, uh, you, you'd be welcome, invited to go. This is a very inexpensive trip. You, uh, um, the cost would guaranteed be under five hundred dollars. Everything, every bit of food, every hotel, all the travel. It could be as low as like three hundred. Yeah. And so, so th- for, for between three and five hundred, it's it's probably going to be closer to three or four. Yeah, and um, we need your uh, big cast. Yeah, so if you want to go, you can get together with Robert. You do need a passport now to go to Mexico. Um, it wasn't that way in the past, but you do need, need one. Uh, so if you're interested, you can talk with Robert. Uh, we'd love to help you get established on that. And at the end of service, Robert will be back, and, and he's got pictures of what they do, and he can t- explain what they do. They go do and do feeding programs and, and kids ministry and different things like that. So if you're interested, let him know after service. Amen. Moving on, hey, the August twenty-eighth barbecue baptism celebration at Cedar Lake. It's the weekend before Labor Day. We'll, we'll invite everyone to come out. We're gonna be just we're gonna have the barbecue going. We're gonna end service right here. Go if you want to go home, get your shorts on, and then drive up to Cedar Lake for a time of celebration. We're gonna barbecue, bring your own meat to be barbecued. We'll ha- we'll have the barbecue up there, really big one. It'll be hot from twelve thirty to one thirty. So come up, put your meat on there, bring a side to to share, bring a a folding chair, and let's celebrate. But this is also an opportunity for a few people to be baptized. If you've never been baptized and want to do that, you can speak to your life group leader if you have one. um, Or or just find one of life group leaders that are on the wall. They can uh, explain how to get get that done. Uh, If you have questions, you can talk to myself or call the office, talk to Pastor Ed or me. Uh, Pastor Jeff won't be back until right after that day. So, um, he is on his first three-week-in-a-row vacation of his entire life. He's been pastoring the church for almost 30 years and uh, has never taken more than, I think, nine or ten days of vacation. Uh, he's gone overseas for, I think, two weeks, but he's never been gone from the church uh, for this long on a vacation He's gone for the next three weeks He and Peggy are visiting their kids And their grandkids Going up the the, the west coast So we'll be praying for them as they're traveling And because they're gone I, 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 And I know we have a lot of visitors this morning So bear with us We're going to just do a little family business for a moment If we could You know finances are tight everywhere It's just, it's just what it is And at the beginning of the year Last year Each of the... Uh, of the pastors, Ed, myself, and Pastor Jeff, for the, for the majority of last year, took a, a uh, 30% cut, I believe it was. 30% cut in our salaries for the year last year. Um, went through, you know, retirements and savings, and, and we just, that we, that's what we did. At the end of the year, um, we weren't in a spot to do it. Pastor Jeff took all of our cuts and absorbed them into his salary. And uh, after pastoring for many, many years, he, he took a, a cut of uh, about 60%, 60, 60, 70% at least of what he was making. And this whole year has been trying to survive on that. And uh, th- what we want to do uh, is we want to begin to take a special offering and just encourage you to pray about it, to just try to reestablish some of that lost income that he's, been, that he's got. And so on that day, we're going to take up a special offering on August 28th. It's kind of everyone, the Bible says they get together three times a year and no one came empty-handed. So if you want to be part of that, restoring just a a gift to him. Um, He's lost so much salary, it'd be a miracle to actually get it restored. But, Maybe God will do that But let's, let's bring an offering As a special gift to Him If you don't want to be a part of that There's no pressure No t- twisting of arms But we're going to do that on that day So on the morning of the 28th You can bring your offering here uh, We'll have uh, the chest that we used For our last celebration Our Thanksgiving celebration And then we'll bring that up To Cedar Lake also So you can bring a special gift um, just, just bring something together and, and I'll, I'll encourage you if you have nothing to, to bring other than maybe some canned foods or whatever it is bring something bring your, have your kids bring something as an offering to the Lord and, and whatever is brought financially will go as a gift to Pastor Jeff anything else that's brought in will go into a storehouse for those who have needs so if people end up bringing canned foods or things like that we'll just save them here and then when somebody in the church has a need or something we can do we'll bless them with that is that ok? Amen. Amen. All right, well, thanks for putting up with that. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, we can go ahead and get some lights on. I feel like Pastor Jeff, I feel like I'm in, in the dark, there we go. Hallelujah. Lots of announcements, lots of things this morning. Ah, oh, thank you. Hallelujah. You know, I I, want to go back and just... just, uh, You don't have to record this yet. Committed to to God and and, and to the things that God is doing even in change. And I believe there is change afoot. Who feels, by show of hands, who feels that life is changing? I mean, you know... And, and I don't think any of us go, well, there's little changes. I mean, we feel there's big changes in life, in the world. And, and God is shaking up. But I think God has some awesome things for us. He's got great things in the avenue of change. Last night we had a prayer meeting. And I really want to encourage, throughout this, this message you're going to hear, I want to encourage you to come out to Saturday Night Prayer at 6.30 to whenever you want to leave. Uh, we, we usually go until about 8, but if you can only come from 6.30 to 7... Come, God is doing something, and I believe whatever god 's going to do in our lives he 's going to do it through prayer now that doesn 't mean you can 't pray at home; you can pray at home, but together, corporate prayer is so powerful. We were praying in the in the sanctuary last night and, and worshiping and just having, having a good time, and I just felt so compelled to open up the windows and and so we opened up the windows and, and just began to proclaim and worship and pray. And the symbolism was that we needed to open up and get outside of the church. And we needed to begin to declare things over the valley. Declare the word of God. Declare things. Make a public declaration. And so we, we open up the windows and, and you know, I realized that when we sit in here, we are very secluded. It's kind of us, we're serving and worshiping God, and then we kind of go out to our parking lot and we leave. And and I felt like we need to, as Christians, Open up the windows And look out at the world We need to begin to see the world For what it is And what it's doing and I opened it up and began to pray and declare the things of God to the north and south and east and west, calling the, the Christians back into fellowship, calling the unsaved to come and be, be, be saved and be touched by God. And it wasn't just it was a super powerful time, but I just felt this thing going on. And as we prayed, every once in a while I'd look out and I'd see a car go by and, and it wasn't a big deal. And then so I looked out and I saw a suburban drive by. And I, there was something about the silver suburban that drove by and I went, there are six people in that suburban. There's a family possibly in that suburban. And they need Jesus. They need Jesus. And, and God was just saying three things, I believe, last night. It was, one is that we need to begin to look up more. We need to not just look up, but we need to call down heaven. We need to become living citizens of the kingdom of heaven, operating in all that He has for us, which is the supernatural. We need to begin to see God come down and move in our midst more than we are now. And we need to begin to live in that heavenly place, walking in what He has for us. I believe He also called us that we need to go out. We need to go out into the world. And I believe that lines right up with with the vision that Pastor Jeff had last Saturday night of the wounded, hurting people. In homes. And he saw wounded, hurting people, even in the homes of our church, and they're stuck in their their houses, and the enemy has come in and he's robbing them. And we need to go. We need to we need to open up these blinds, open up these windows, and begin to go out to the people that need Jesus. We've lived a Christianity for so many decades, for so many hundreds of years, truly, that was come and see. We, we have service. We hope everyone's just going to come to us. And God said, we need to be goers. It's one of the reasons we do life groups. We do life groups in the community, in different places. Sometimes they'll meet, you know, so I love it when they're meeting at a Starbucks or something else. Um, we have discipleship. Corey and I have discipleship at the donut shop every every Monday or Tuesday morning. And, and it's exciting because we have a presence in that donut shop that changes the atmosphere for the hour or two that we're meeting together there. We need to go into the world and get outside of our houses, open up the windows so we can see the world and the world can see us. Get outside. So God is saying for us to go. Be people that would go into the world and not just be cooped up as as Christians. You know, as, as we stay here... I believe what's going to happen in these difficult times to come, and I believe we're in times of tribulation. It's, I, I, I don't see it getting better. I, I just don't. I, I, I would love to say I'm a false prophet and I'm wrong. I'll, I'll take that fo- but I don't see the, the United States and the, the economic situ- situation and the world global situation getting better. I think it's going to get worse. And if we continue just to kind of meet here and keep this thing here and just doing what we do, what's going to happen, this is what, what to, and has happened, it's going to get worse, is the enemy just going to start snatching people out of our midst. And we're going to be afraid to go get them. Or we're going to be unwilling to go get them. Or we'll just forget about them because it's much more cozy and comfortable to be gathered here together. We need to change our thinking and say, I'm going to go and hunt those people down. I've I've looked through this sanctuary in my mind and I've pictured the people who are missing. Who I know that they just walked away. They've left. And do I know that they're in another body of Christ somewhere? You know, it's okay if they've left because... Because they weren't a good fit, but they're serving God and growing in Christ in another body of Christ somewhere in Big Bear. I'm okay with that. But I'm not okay that if they leave and just flounder and get picked off by the enemy. And I went through and began to see these people and maybe they've only been gone for three or four or five weeks. And I began to think, am I doing anything about it? And then began to think, are you doing anything about it? It's hard for me to know what's happening in everyone's life. Pastor Jeff can't know. But there's a good chance that you know the people I'm talking about. Or know the people who it could happen to. We need to get the mentality that we're willing to go and chase people down for the kingdom of God and say, what happened? Let me pray with you. Let me help you to be restored. And I'm not saying these people have gone out and started sinning. I'm saying they've separated themselves from the body of Christ. The enemy dragged them away. It is pummeling them. Maybe they want to come back and they can't. But the enemy's having his way in their life and we need to be goers. And not just sit back and wait for them to come back. Because I've been doing this long enough to realize they don't. Do you know, just a few years ago, a big church uh, survey went around and, and they, they looked at every county in the United States of America, and there was one county that, act, that, that showed true growth in the church. Every other county had less people in, involved in church, or the same and also what was happening is some churches got big and when a church gets big everyone gets excited but what happened when that did other churches lost their members and they all went to one church we're not growing as the body of Christ but people are getting saved I know that they're getting saved we have people who've gotten saved recently but the church in general is not growing you know what that means? people are getting saved and at the same rate or at a better, bigger rate than they are getting saved the enemy's taking people out we need to stop that. We need to become goers. So he says, we need, to, we need to look up, come up higher. God is calling us to come up higher. He's calling us to go, and he's calling us forward into change and to be ready for, for change. And, you know, I was even told recently, don't, you know, when you preach, when you talk about things, uh, actually it was Pastor Jeff, he says, you know, if, if we're going to do something, paint a wall or something, don't say, hey, we're going to change things and paint a wall. He says, don't use the word change because people don't like change. Just say we're going to modify or use something else. You know, we're going to do something fun, but don't say we're going to change things because people get, why do we need to change? We need to change. Because if what we're doing doesn't work, well, let's change. Okay? I, I'm looking out at a room full of, of contractors. How many of you contractors and construction workers have had to change your way of doing business a little bit in the last couple of years? You know, some of you are doing things you didn't used to do. Some of you are thinking about life changes. We don't want to get stuck in a rut. This week, I got a new phone. It's pretty, huh? It's colorful. I can slide my finger across it and change screens and go to the Internet and I can check all my friends on Facebook. And I can do a, a lot of things on this phone. So far, I hate it. <laughs> I can watch videos. I can do everything except make phone calls. <laughs> Text people. Yeah. Yesterday, I called six people on accident (laughs) that I haven't talked to in like 10 years. Because when I got this phone and linked it up, it took every phone number from every one of my friends on Facebook and it put it into my contacts. Did that happen to you? That, that happened to Ed. Okay. And so every... I have birth dates for people I went to high school with. I don't care when they were born. But it's in here now. And I'm calling them on accident. <laughs> my thumbs on my old phone, which was smaller and not as pretty and had a little keyboard on it, they learned how to move really fast and I could text. Boom. Now I go to text. Back up. Oops, I closed the screen. Takes me five minutes to to text somebody now. I hate this phone. But I'm convinced this phone is going to be good for me. I, I, I almost sent it back. I was really, really considering on sending it back. But I believe there's some things that this phone is going to be able to open up for me that will be helpful in the future. I don't know when that's going to happen. <laughs> I know that's going to be helpful for my kids because they already always want to play on and they want to watch videos and things like that. I'm going to press through. I'm going to keep the phone, Ed. Um, I almost threw. I thought about throwing it at him just a couple times. Because it was his idea to upgrade for the church. Um, but I, I, I'm going to keep it because change is good. Change can be really good. I'm going to have to push through. I'm going to have to get used to the new applications. Um, figure out the things that I was doing before that just weren't working anyways so that I just kept thinking they were. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to commit to being open to it. Can we do that? Can we be open to what God is going to have for us in this next season of life? I can guarantee it's not going to look like it did a couple of years ago. And, and we're going to have to get to the point where we accept that. We have, some of us have, but a lot of us haven't. We're still kind of living in hopes that life's going to get back to normal. And, and it's time to just go, God, what's the new normal? What, what, what are you going to do in our, in our midst? Now, I'm talking uh, in a lot of ways. One of the things where we're, uh, most of us think is, yeah, the finances. You know, uh, Some of you have lost houses or downsizing or cars or or, or whatever else. You know, the, the future could hold that I won't have a cell phone. and That's okay. That's okay. If I lose a cell phone, we're just going to have to get together a lot more because we won't be able to connect on the phone, right? That's okay. That would be a good thing. Let's get together face-to-face. But are we okay... With, with the new things. God, you want to do anything. But I believe He also wants to do something new in the Spirit. Let's go to the book of Joel. I spent a lot of time in Joel and, and, and reading in reading and preparation for this. And... We like Joel 2.28. That's a place that we, we've, many of us have gone, and we like it. There's a lot of places in the Bible, truly, we don't like. Can we, anyone else want to be honest with us? I don't like that part. Cause it's hard. It's difficult sometimes. I'm not saying it's bad, but we don't always... Em- <laughs> God, really? But, but Joel 2.28, it's positive, it's encouraging, and there really should be a good thing to us. It says this. And this shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. I like that. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Also on my men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Now, we got to take this into the context of where it was written. Old Testament, not everyone had the Spirit of God. Not everyone had the Holy Spirit poured out upon them. Certain people did. The prophets and certain people God would pour His Spirit out on and the nation and the, and the, the Jews would look to them to be the, those who are anointed of God with the Spirit to speak and to do the ministry and to help them. It was not something that the average Jew thought, I get to have the Holy Spirit. It was for select. And God did certain things among His elect. But it says, "And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh." This was a paradigm. Why well, don't you love that new word? Paradigm shift. It has become popular in the last few years. Don't use it up so much that we forget what it means. The paradigm shift means you know, every, your way of looking and thinking and everything you know is changing. It's a shift in the way you perceive life. For them, when this was written, they went all flesh. You'll pour my spirit on all flesh. And then it gives the list of things that are going to happen. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. You know why the old men dream dreams? Because they're asleep more often than the young men. <laughs> young men shall see visions on my. I, I'm not right in between, so I'm dreaming visions, I guess. <laughs> on my men's servants and on my maid's servants, I'll pour out my, my spirit in those days. And that's exciting to think that God wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. All flesh! That's me, that's you, and he wants to do things in our midst. Now, now go with me to the book of Acts. Chapter 2. This is Acts chapter 2 is where you find the first automobile in the, in the Bible. And w- verse 1 says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh-huh. They were all in one accord and su- and In one place And suddenly there came a sound from heaven Of a rushing mighty wind It filled the whole house Where they were sitting th- And there appeared to them Divided tongues of the fire Sat upon each of them And they were filled with the Holy Spirit And began to speak with other tongues As the Spirit gave them utterance Shortly after that Peter says In verse 16 Go to fifteen, two fifteen. And and he's talking, and all these people are going, man, this is crazy. This is weird. These people are speaking in tongues. Now, I want to explain this real quick. There's a whole bunch of people in the upper room. 120. Holy Spirit gets poured out, and they all began to speak in tongues. All these people, 14 different nations of people, are are there. They're in a seaport area where, where just thousands of people are, but 14 different nations were there. 14 different languages and people groups were there trading. We, we, they count them because the, the list goes on. And they saw these 120 people speaking in tongues. And they said they're drunk. Now, I've been around a lot of drunk people in my time. At one point, I used to be one of those drunk people. After blowing back a fifth of schnapps, I never spoke Russian. I, I, I drank a lot of vodka And felt like a Russian But I never started Speaking a different language When I got drunk Have you ever seen that happen? These people Heard them speaking In their own languages And said they're drunk Now th- What do drunk people do? Drunk people, they soar a little bit. And sometimes they fall down. And, and you know, a lot of times you get happy. Happy drunks. And they laugh. Have you ever been around a happy drunk? And they're just laughing. And they're wobbly. And they're just... That's a drunk. The Bible says he poured out his spirit and they all spoke in tongues. They were accused of being drunk. I believe that on top of speaking in tongues, there was probably a little bit of wobbling going on. There might have been some laughing going on. There might have been some falling down going on. Whatever it was, there was stuff happening in that upper room that could be confused with being drunk. And I'll guarantee you it's not speaking another language. That's just just dumb. So, we cleared that up. Now, go cut a little bit further. Peter says, listen, these guys aren't drunk as you suppose since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. We just read that, and he quotes it again. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and it goes on just to what we read in Joel. Do you know that this was the fulfillment of the prophecy in Joel, yet in the prophecy of Joel, it didn't say that they would speak in tongues. It also doesn't say that they prophesied or saw any visions is it possible then that what God has in store could be a little outside of the box for us that God as he's calling us forth into change that, that he might actually do something that isn't specifically written in the word of God but as long as it doesn't go outside and contradict the word of God that it could still be of God and that's the test I want, to, I want to make that clear God will never do anything outside of his character he will never do anything that contradicts his character or contradicts his word but I believe God is big enough to do things have people speak in tongues that wasn't in the Bible They didn't. that was never in there God is calling us forth to change and I think we need to be open to say God what is it that you're going to do He's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. We need to be ready to embrace the things that God has. Be ready to go forth and say, God, we haven't done that way in this place for a long time. Maybe it's just going to be a music change. Wow, that's, that's a different style of music. You know, we've, we've been spending time in our prayer times, and some of you have been spending time soaking. You know, what's soaking? Maybe we'll go to Pat and Jen's jacuzzi and go soak. Well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> but no, but we're just kind of sitting in God's presence. Just sitting there, soaking in His presence. The music in the background, just letting Him fill us and, and letting Him speak to us. Well, that's, that's a little different. We're we're used to maybe clapping and, and engaging. But God is doing some new things, calling us up. So, he He wants to call us forth up into... To become more citizens of heaven And walk in those things And so as he does that I, I believe that our minds Are going to see things in the spiritual realm They're going to blow us away a little bit When when John saw the revelation of heaven It blew his mind I mean, come on, really? Streets of gold And gates of pearl And sardis and jasper And all these amazing things And he tried to describe it for us But the things of heaven are so much more glorious and different than the things of earth, we're gonna have to have a paradigm shift in our thinking to say, God, have your way. What do you have for us? It's gonna change the way I believe that we do church. Coming and just gathering together each week. He's gonna calling us, he's calling us forth to be his body in the community and in the world. Will we see a time in our lifetime that it is illegal to meet together in this building? When the city council of a town in Oregon decrees that saying the Pledge of Allegiance should not happen in the town council meeting because of the word under God in it, people will do just about anything to get rid of God. That was bizarre. That they stopped. This is a city council meeting. They won't say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore because it says under God. There could come a time when we just can't even have the luxury of meeting together here. You know, the ichthus, the fish, the Christian fish, was, was the sign that you were a believer. And the ichthus Um, If you ever see the fish And it says I-X-O-Y-E It's actually um, That doesn't mean Jesus It actually just means Ichthus It's fish But um, uh, It was a sign that If you were a believer you You would draw half of the fish in the sand And then if somebody came up to you They would draw the other half of the fish And complete the fish And then you would know That you were both believers and it was just a sign that they had because it was dangerous to declare your, your faith because of persecution. We think we're persecuted because you know somebody calls us a bad name or because they don't invite you to their barbecue because they're going to drink beer. And we go, oh God, I'm being persecuted. They were getting hanged and beaten with clubs. And, but are we ready for that, that change? Things could change. And it's going to change the face of Christianity. But here's the thing. If we're pressing into God if we're in connection with Him, praying is going to be key. Spending time in prayer so we can hear His voice. When the persecution comes, we're going to know who God is. And we won't be led astray and He's going to strengthen us. So these things are coming. And, and, and as these things come, change and persecution, there's a great harvest ready to happen. There's a great harvest that's going to be ready to happen. And we need to make sure that we're part of that harvest because on t- besides the great harvest that's coming, there's a great judgment coming. And go back and you read read about the end times and in different places, and it talks about the judgment that is coming. And we need to harvest those people before the, God's judgment happens on them. We need to reach out and reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ before that judgment happens. <laughs> For a moment, look up and down the streets, the street of your neighborhood, and think, wow, what if God came back right now and your neighbor went to hell? Some of you might go, well, that'd be okay for that neighbor. (laughs) His dog really bugs me. But uh, God is stirring us up. Hallelujah. Isaiah forty (coughs) three, isaiah forty three, nineteen says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now I shall spring forth, shall you not know it? And it goes on and begins to speak of the things that, that God is going to do, but He wants to do a new thing. Go with me to Isaiah though. 58. Sorry, Isaiah 58. Just a little bit over. This whole chapter of Isaiah 58 talks about God's chosen fast. Talks about how people were just, you know, worshiping God in in a prescribed manner. Fasting and doing the sackcloth and ashes. Ashes. And it says, Is this a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of the wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked that you should cover him. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, Here I am. We, we get together and we desire the Lord to come and he will, we desire the Lord to come and touch us and to heal us and do these great things in our midst. And I believe the Lord is speaking to us going, is this the thing that I've called you to do? Gather together on Sunday mornings and sing a few songs and go home? He says, no, let me tell you what I've desired. That you would go and be the extension of my hands and that you would have my heart. These things are the heart of God. When Jesus separates, when He talked about separating the, the sheep and the goats, the goats didn't go to the prison and clothe and feed. Jesus' heart is for those who are in need and who are oppressed. He wants us to be the extension of Himself, to be mindful of what's happening around us. Now, I'm not just talking about a social gospel of a good, good works and doing things outside of, of ourselves. Because we could just become great humanitarian aid people and go and bring food and give up our life to go and do that. But, but there's more to it than that. It's about not being so centric and concentrated on ourselves and having the mind of God for the lost and for the world. That we wouldn't just think about ourselves and God is calling us to change and to say, look outside of yourself. And it says, when you see the naked... Do something about it. It's not just about sending money to some organization that's going to do it for you. It's actually, it takes it and makes it a personal responsibility. It says, when you see it, do something about it. We can't get rid of the responsibility to be God's hands by simply giving money. Whether it's to the church or to the government. You know, the government system is in place. The welfare system is in place because the church didn't do what it was supposed to do. Some of you in here probably had the conversation with other people going, why don't we just go to a flat tax? I'm not going to get too political here. But why don't we just go to a flat tax? Say maybe 10% of everything and I bet you we could make all the... You know, I bet you it all could work. And I was having this conversation with someone going, yeah, that's what God told us. 10%. Give 10%. And that was supposed to take care of all the needs. As well as the personal responsibility that you and I have to to help our neighbors and to take care of our family members and everything else. So what what we've allowed to happen to us and we've just embraced because it was shoved down our throat is the government's going to take care of everything for us. So we give taxes or we don't give taxes or whatever and then, and then we just expect the government to do their job. But the, this says when you see the naked, do something about it yourself. But we need to begin as Christians to claim that back and say, I'm going to take care of the people. I'm going to try to take care of my neighbor. I'm going to try to take care of my family. Because God wants us to have His heart. And He cares about people. And in that process... We come to the New Testament, and there's something added to that command, and that's to go into all the world to preach the gospel and to make disciples of all nations. So we're not just talking about the social gospel of just helping people and do nice things, but as we care for others, God is calling us to bring them the gospel. Because we could feed them and clothe them, and then they could still go to hell. But our heart needs to connect with them. heart needs to connect with them. And even in that, Jesus said, don't just just say, go and be well fed. Bless you. Do something about the need. Care for their need. Care for their soul. God is calling us out. He's calling us upward. We can't go out unless we're up. We can't go out and, and begin to see the needs and to begin to meet the needs of the people until we're connected, really, really connected with God. We need to go up and and begin to live more and more as citizens of heaven. And and won't it be great if we'll do that first, if we'll cry out and we'll seek Him and we'll fast as He was talking about, because then He'll hear us and He'll declare things to us that we'll go out with power in the Holy Ghost and not just with money or clothes or food. We'll go out with power to have lives changed. One of the things that God's got to do in me It's helped me to accept this this difficulty that we're living in. Jeremiah 29.11 Will somebody quote it for me? Loud. How many of you know that pretty well? Did you know that that was written... Jeremiah spoke that... God spoke that to Jeremiah when they were in captivity... Their nation was over. They were living in Babylon. They didn't have a temple. Life was bad. And God comes in the middle and says, I know the plans I have for you. Says the Lord give you hope in the future and plans to prosper you, not to harm you. In the middle of captivity, He speaks because He's not talking about economic things. He's not talking about our status in life necessarily. He's talking about I have a hope and a future for you. Because we're citizens of another kingdom. We need to get that into our mind to begin to say, you know, no matter what happens, it's like Job, though my flesh be destroyed, with my eyes I'll see God. Though my flesh be destroyed with my eyes, I will see God. I will not fear what can man do to me. We had a great discussion in our life group on that and, and, and I believe another accurate translation on that is I will not fear what man can do to me. Come on, let's, let's be honest. Sometimes in this world, life is a bummer and, and, and people do things to you. Now, nothing happens outside of the sovereignty of God. It's not like somebody can do something outside of the sovereignty of God for your life. But boy, some bad things sure have happened at the hands of man. So let's not get the gospel to understand that as a Christian, as long as I put my faith in God, nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. But I love and trust God so much, He is so awesome, He is the Almighty, that I will not fear even what man can do to me. Because God is so good, it doesn't compare to anything that man can do to me. God is so good to me, it doesn't matter what happens to me. My future is secure. He has written me on His palm. My life is secure, my future is secure, my salvation is secure, my kids are secure because the Bible gives me a promise says, raise them in the way they should go and when they are old they will not depart from it. Will they have difficulties in their life? Sure they will. They'll each come to the point in their life where they choose to serve Jesus Christ but it's not a question of will they, if they will, they will because I'm raising them in the way that they should go. And God is helping me. I am secure in His thing. Does it mean that we're not going to be out on the street or having to move in with you guys someday? Who's got a big enough house for us? It doesn't mean that. We might all find ourselves, you know, hunkering down together, two or three families together at one time. But I won't be afraid of what man can do to me. And as we get those things, as as God helps us to embrace those things serving him the way he desires is going to get easier. See the enemy's got us so fearful of losing jobs and losing houses that we're running around many of us like chickens with our head cut off trying to save those things and and the enemy's just having a, a heyday because he's going, "You know, I got you so busy worrying about those things, you haven't, haven't read your bible, you haven't witnessed to anybody, you haven't been in church because you're working so hard." And he's just and we're going, "I know, but but, but and we're just running around like crazy some of us. And, you know, the normal's got to settle. We're going to get into our new normal. I'm praying, God, help it to come quick so that we can get it back to being about the Father's business. And that's what He's got. He wants us to go upward. Spend time with Him. He wants us to go outward. He wants us to go forward. It's going to Those things are going to take some change. Lord Jesus, God, this morning, I thank You for who You are. I thank You that Your Word is true from beginning to end. Lord, I thank you That's full of promises and we can take every one of those promises to the bank. Lord, I pray that you would open up our understanding more and more to see your word at, at, at what it really is, God, through the lens of your Holy Spirit, God. Through the lens of your character and nature, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you for this calling us upward. I thank you that you're calling us to a new place, God, of prayer. Lord, everything is going to come out of that relationship that we have with you and spending time with you. God, that we can't make any of this stuff up. Lord, that we can't do anything outside of you. Lord, I thank you that you will draw us to yourself each new day. You'll draw us together corporately. Lord, I, I pray, God, that that morning and afternoon prayer meetings where the saints would gather together would begin to happen. Lord, even in this building, Lord, that, that people would begin to get, get called and said, L- I want to I want to go and get pray with the saints. I pray at home too, but I want to pray together with the saints. And that people would begin to call and say, Can somebody open the church at six? or can we meet together at your house someone's house? Call us together as we meet with you, Lord. Lord, as we would meet and spend time with you, God, thank you that you'll pour out your Spirit upon us. And God, open our minds to be ready to receive that which you want to do. Because, Lord, you're calling us forward to change. Lord, I don't know what that is, God, but I know that we're in the middle of change. So, God, help us to be ready for it. Focused on You. Spending time with You so we recognize the difference between false and real doctrines. False and real experiences, God. Help us to spend time with You to know the difference, God, and be ready for that change that You're bringing, Lord. In the form of our worship, in the form of our prayer meetings, in the methodologies that we're we're used to, God, that may change as we reach out to the lost and reach out to other family members. And God... Strengthen us and help us to go out. Lord, help us to open up our shades. Take the blinds off of our eyes and see the world passing by and get a heart for it. Say, they need Jesus. God, use me. Use us as instruments to go into all the world starting at Big Bear or for the visitors starting in their hometowns to look beyond their... Their selves and their own issues and look to their neighbors, their family. And God, help us. Cause us to be Jesus. Cause us to bring the Gospel and to bring physical help, God. Lord, help us to be ready for the changes and things coming that we would be now ready to go into the world with who You are. God, I thank You for this incredible body that You put me a part of. Lord, I pray that we would grow together as family, grow stronger, and that God, that there would be safety in this place and strength. Help us to be open to each other and look out for one another, God. God, as we would meet together in homes this week in our life groups, I pray that You would bind us together even more and break down the walls that still separate some of the people and help us to be open, Lord, and draw those who, who are sitting on the outside going, should I, should I be involved in one of these groups, Lord? Just bring them in and help us be ready to receive them, Lord. God bless every visitor here as they would go to their homes and their churches and wherever they would live that You would just encourage them press in and seek you and to serve you with everything they have. We there thank you and we bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you're tired and thirsty There is I'm sure you have plenty of best sermons. Wow. Thank you. So oh. Thank you. Look at me. Voice. And and go forward or yeah, change. So forward, okay, okay, change. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, God is good. Cause I didn't have. I didn't have a message. <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> you responded to his. Whole yeah. You know what? Hannah still did that Joel 28. Over here. Yeah. That's yeah. right. The night before, I had a uh, a dream that turned into the morning revelation, and I uh, told uh, Joe about it, and she had that. Night. I had another dream. I told you about this morning, and I scribbled it out on both my so I don't forget the date and what was said. Good, and then.